a grand old flag, it's a high-flying flag, it's the emblem for me and for you. Timbers wing of the MCG, Rich to Jones, kicks to half forward, they come from every angle, McStay, it clears the path to Pedersen, Lions have got one back, Cam Pedersen, he's had a big couple of weeks, it's getting bigger and bigger Cam, I'm the moment! Meets the big ped slotting a goal from 50 to send us to the brink of finals. Never in doubt, right? Never. Ne- not at all, Kieran. <laughs> I had no doubts about that running goal from the big ped. How happy were you, though? Uh, I was going insane. I think going... I screamed at you for you not did. trusting ped the way you I did. did. <laughs> <laughs> you went absolutely berserk. It was hilarious. It was like 2 o'clock in the morning and you were screaming around in our living room. Uh, I don't know if there's been a better moment since I've been a Melbourne fan. Is that depressing? Very the big pet streaming down 15 metres out on the boundary, he, no one thought he would have kicked that. Even Did you I, think that? No, even me, even his biggest fan did not think he would kick that goal. <laughs> to send us he into it. He missed so many easy shots during the game. I know. He missed a couple. How many did he miss, Jim? Uh, a couple? Maybe, maybe just a couple, but yeah. like much easier shots than that one. But sometimes some, play- the moment. some players are finals players. They're mm. just big moment players. They're built for the big stage. Exactly. Joel Selwood, Jimmy Bartell, Cam Pedersen. They all- <laughs> rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, what a brilliant win, Nick. It was awesome. I mean, I mean look- it is a terrible performance, but what a brilliant <laughs> result. Look, we, gr- we grinded it out. It happened. We were very happy about the result. But yeah, it wasn't a great performance all around, I don't think. Yeah. The important thing, though, is we look on the brink of finals. But we'll come to that in a second. Uh, for now, though, we want to start somewhere a little bit different to usual with the famous Damien Barrett Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Football Journalism. We haven't had this award for a little while because we haven't spotted anything particularly egregious recently. But, Neith, you picked something up a few days ago. I did, and I was um, watching AFL 360 last week. As you do. As you do. And I saw a segment from our... Um, from our favourite journalist, Mark Robinson, which I thought needed to be included on the podcast this week. So let's play it. Right now, and he has had a difficult year, but right now I would say that people are looking at Jesse Hogan saying, I wonder if he was worth all that money that Melbourne paid for him. Oh, will Hogan go? Will Hogan stay? Right now, difficult year. We're not going to go into the family stuff. We know that. But he's football before that. I reckon it's been scratchy. But right now... Hogan has got an opportunity, and Melbourne fans would be hoping like Hell and his teammates, Hogan's got an opportunity to come off a broken arm, a broken collarbone, and be a serious player for six yep. weeks. And yep. if he can do that, mate, right, can he, be- he goes up. Yeah. Because right now, people are going to Jesse going, well, are you, Jesse, are you not? Tough gig coming off, going straight Tough in. Gig. Tough gig. But it's happened before, mate. Yep. People make names of themselves. Yep. Can, can he be... Can he be that person? Can he be? At the pointy end. Can he be? Yep. Um, I just want to see if he's got the um, the drive to do to, to, to want to be that person. All right, elsewhere. So that was Mark Robinson on Jesse Hogan. And I don't think anyone has questioned Jesse at all this year, Robert. <laughs> I think the only person any of us are questioning is you. And what an idiot. <laughs> what an as idiot. As if anyone's saying that Jesse's not worth the money he's on because his... Dad died, he got cancer, he broke his collarbone. It's outrageous. Uh, All in the span of one season. And he's like a 21-year-old, 22-year-old kid. And I love the way Hogan shoved it up and kicking six goals. Oh, it was fantastic. I feel like that was for Mark Robinson. That was just a little bit of a 
you know, up yours to Mark Robinson. But anyway. That guy's such an idiot. And you feel bad for Jared, who's clearly above that nonsense. Well, I thought that the hilarious, and on to elsewhere, <laughs> made it pretty clear you wanted to move on pretty swiftly from that um, terrible chat from Robert. You feel like Jared is like one of Trump's advisors or something. Yeah. He's been trapped uh, in close proximity to this man. He can't get away from him. He's like this obnoxious guy. He's just constantly standing behind him with this <laughs> really perpetually embarrassed look on his face. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but let's talk about the game. So clearly Jesse was a huge Jesse success. was amazing. What a wonderful comeback. It was yeah. fantastic. It is really good. Um, I mean, you, you know, he's still obviously going to take a little bit of time, I think, to get his, um, his full-blown contested marking going. But he just found himself in the right spots. He, he moved really so well. He looked so fit. He looked yeah. so, you know, agile. His he kicking was, for goal was great. Kicking was fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. He, he was brilliant. So that was great. Um, Petrarca, your man, finally is back. I know. Well, it's had a couple of quiet weeks, and we weren't sh- that quite sure about him. But mm. this week he did bounce back. How beautiful was the goal from outside 50? Oh, it's beautiful. Loved it. Lucky he isn't trying. I know. And do you know what? Sometimes, I'm, you know, you sort of sit there, I imagine, as a coach thinking, oh, is he going to dish it off? But then, you know, just let him do his thing. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> he had a bit of swagger, which is great. He did. Uh, he did. How good was Chunk's game? Fantastic. Yeah. Particularly his kicking. He's, he's been great, except for maybe um, the game, uh, what was it, uh, the loss we had a couple of weeks ago, where he didn't play well? Uh, I think Against North Melbourne, perhaps. I thought it was against GWS. He against wasn't having a great G- game. GWS, my mistake. Yeah, yeah, I remember up in Canberra. I didn't think he had a great game that game. That's right. Other than that, he's had such a consistent season. He has, yeah, absolutely. I'd argue he's probably had a better season than Viney. You know, maybe it's probably been more, a more consistent season than Viney. I think Viney's had a few sort of real lion-hearted efforts. Right? Mm. Like Viney's effort against the Eagles was nothing short of outstanding. Yeah, and his first half against Port Adelaide. First half against Port Adelaide was phenomenal. So he's had some really high-impact games. But I, I agree. I think that Jones, even though he's been really injured, has probably been the most consistent. Albeit, I think our mid- best midfielder by a country mile has been Clary. Yeah. Well, question with that notice, Nate. Do you think... Um, Clary will win the uh, best and fairest? I think that Hibbo will still win it. Yeah. And I think that Clary will probably be a second or a third. I think it'll, it'll probably, be tough between those two. I think. It'll be tough between those two. And I really think Neville Jetta deserves to be in top three. Yeah. You know, he's probably going to get all Australian this year. He I was feel great like again. I don't think he, he made a mistake great, on the yeah. He never makes a mistake. He never loses a contest. And he just gets up on his feet and uses the ball well. He is yeah. out. He is just so reliable. I would say those three and then some combination of Tom McDonald and Jones. Would be my top five. Oh, interesting. You think Jones could go that high? I do, because if you think back through the season, he hasn't had many bad games. And at crucial points, particularly like that Gold Coast game, yeah. where we were really screwed in that third quarter, and yeah. that could have really put, put the whole season to bed. Absolutely. Where do you think Ken Pedersen will finish in the, in the best and fairest? Oh, I think he's guaranteed to be top ten. Guaranteed. I mean, you have, you have to say yes. I would there's, say there's so. No, there's well. no question yes. We've had a lot of ins and outs out of the team as well. So, I mean, maybe because of his continuity in the team, he'll get some extra votes. Let's not be too grudging, Nick, <laughs> just because his continuity and ins and outs. What about game-winning performances? It's like that um, that game where he kicked the winning goal against Carlton. Do you remember that? That freak goal from the boundary? Which year was this? This was um, well, maybe 2014 or it something. It must have been. It must have been like Ruzi's first year. Right, right, right. He's got this, you know, this big game mentality. Anyway, I'll stop talking about Ken Pedersen. I could talk about that for the rest of the You really could. <laughs> um, but there were some negatives from the game. Um, what did you think were the biggest problems? Oh, I thought that our pressure was terrible, particularly mm. in the first half. I really just don't think that there was that drive or that endeavour. I just felt like we weren't tackling anyone. I just no. felt like people were sort of waltzing around with no pressure being placed on them in the midfield in particular. Absolutely. It, was re- it felt like a really loose game. It didn't feel like a yeah. finals game to me no, at all. No, not at all. It wasn't hotly contested. I just, yeah. you know, it was 
they just and they were transitioning way too quickly for us, I think. I mean, and look, Brisbane has some very talented players. There's no doubt about that. I mean, their midfield, Zorko and Beams are absolute guns. That's true. And um, and you know, Hipwood, and Stephen Martin. Stephen played Martin very well, played very well. You know how I feel about Hipwood. Yeah, he's just a star. But but geez, we got lucky because Hipwood didn't really do much, and if he no, got he going, didn't. we probably would have lost. Yeah, exactly. And I even think that bizarrely, I think their backline didn't do. I mean, Jesse just had an absolute day out, but I really think that their backline wasn't that bad. I mean, mm. I thought that Harris Andrews had some good moments, and you McStay know, did some good McStay things. McStay did some good things. So it's not. It, I, I really, you know, it was quite a lucky win for us in many ways. Yeah, it, it could have gone either way. Um, I think we just happened to have some good fortune with Hogan. Yeah. Um, and look, we did move the ball into the forward line pretty well. I did think our forward line looked good. We looked dangerous. Well, Ped was taking a few marks. Ped was. So, I mean, before he's, you know, he, he was taking a few good marks. So that was something. But, I mean, Jeffy and, and Mitch Hanna didn't look particularly dangerous at ground level. No. And Harms kicked a great goal at the end in the fourth quarter, but I yeah. didn't really see him doing that much in the forward line earlier. No, I think he was setting up some, some ball further up the ground. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, but I just think they were getting into good positions. Like, Neil Bullen was getting the ball in good positions. Yeah. Um, Garlett, you know, had a couple of opportunities. I just feel like everyone seemed like they could kick some goals. Yeah. Um, so that was a positive. But on the forward line, um, the big question, really, the one thing everyone's asking about is, does Watsy make it back? Yeah. Well, that's because, been... um, sorry, go ahead. No, go. To me, to me, P- Pedersen's actually playing his role, right? I mean, I don't know about that. I really don't know if it's, a, it's as simple as a choice between Pedo and Watts. I mean, I think that Watts is probably more likely to be replacing a sort of Harms or Neil Bullen type, really? don't you think? It depends how mobile we want to be in our forward line. I yeah. mean, I think Pedersen on the weekend, even though he missed a couple of shots, he was essentially playing as a second forward. Um, and then Watsy would sort of play as a third forward who's more of a winger. Yeah, but I mean, the whole third forward thing, I don't know if it's worked that well for us. The weird thing is often our forward lines look good this year where it's only been, say, two forwards. So if it's like Tom McDonald and Watts. Yeah. Or, um, you know, uh, Hogan and Pedersen this week. Yeah. I wonder if with three big guys up there, we just look a bit top-heavy. I just don't think that you sacrifice someone who's as quality a player as Watts is in terms of ball in hand. Yeah. You know, I, I just think particularly when you get to the finals, you want someone who's not going to sort of spray a kick or, you know, turn the ball over in this horrible kind of ugly way. Yeah. And, you know, and there are still players in the team, and we can get to Billy Stretch in a little bit, who probably aren't, you know, who probably aren't performing that well. So I don't think that it, it's not a situation as if like everybody in the team is performing exceptionally well and there's really no room for Watts. Oh, yeah. Know? I agree completely. And to be clear, I do think Watts should make it back. I just don't yeah. know if he should be the second forward. Yeah. Well, I think maybe he should be the link-up player. And I think he maybe just needs to be pushed further down into the midfield or, a, on, or on the wing. Right. And he played it um, for Casey on the weekend as a midfielder, it seems. Yeah. And I think that probably makes sense because... Pedersen to me, and this isn't just because I love Pedersen, but he does the things you expect a second forward to do, which is crash the pack, make a big contest, bring the ball to ground, yeah, yeah. T- take a few marks here and yeah. there, maybe chip in a couple of goals. What's he? Isn't he's never really been that player? Well, he's definitely not a crash and dash player. We know no, that. No, he's kind of a silky player, and he if is. he's if he's confident and up, he could easily kick four or five goals. He can, he can do a lot more than Pedersen, no question. But. Um, yeah, right now I just don't think Watts is playing that role. So maybe, I just I really think we fielder. need to I really think we need to put him back in the team this week. I don't know. I just final we're on the brink of finals. I think we mm. need to stop sort of messing about with the structure and messing about with the selection table and just sort of commit ourselves a little bit more. Yeah. I agree with that. Well we'll turn to selection in a moment. But firstly, the Rowan Bale Award for most underrated performance. It seems that this year we've coalesced around essentially like four players. Basically, yeah. Be a little bit more inventive, Kieran. Who else do you want? I don't know who's left. I would have loved to give to Stretch. 
This would have been perfect. Stretch. No, but if Stretch was even half decent, he, no, he would have owned it. No, Stretch didn't have a great game. Stretch had a shocker. Um, yeah. I think it's got to be Harms again. I mean, I, I see, I have to say, I never thought that Chompers would be as silky a player as he looks like he's becoming. Last week you pretended on the podcast that you've always thought he was a gun. I've always loved Chompers. Oh, come I've on. always loved Chompers. I love him like on Instagram. No, I like his teeth. I like him on Instagram. Yeah. You know, I just, I've always been a big fan of Chompers. But he is silk, isn't he? He's the second half of the season's equivalent of milkshakes. You know, he's no, he's... <laughs> of milkshakes. Oh, I guess milkshakes are still milkshakes, but he's just so silky. He's really, really classy. Yeah. He's got a great step. He's got a great sidestep. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And he sometimes looks like he can't be tackled. Like, no. He really does know where he's going. He's just in excellent form. I don't think, think he got that much of the ball. I think he probably had 16 or 17 touches, but... Just so impactful. So impactful. Doing. So impactful. Um, yeah, phenomenal effort. Phenomenal effort. I do think, though, um, one player I think he does need to lift next week, though, is Jaden Hunt. Yeah, yeah. He's been patchy this season. He has some been Some really patchy. good games. He started some... in blistering form at the start of the season. I think yeah. we all thought that he was just going to go to the next level, but he's just been a bit inconsistent this season. I think he was good against St Kilda. Uh, in fact, he was good against. He Central. was really good. So against that was only St. two Kilda. weeks ago. He was really good against St Kilda. It wouldn't surprise me if the Lions. I mean, we can't see this from the TV. Maybe the Lions put someone on him to nullify his impact. Maybe he also did have one great moment at the end of the game. I remember when um, old Clary that awful kick to oh, the switch to Oscar McDonald. The game. I know that was why you great. switched the play to Oscar McDonald. God bless him across the, the other side of the ground. Yeah, it was a bit ugly. Of then, all players, and then it all got a little bit ugly. And then Hunt yeah. really mopped up the whole situation, didn't he? Yeah. He just sort of went and tackled him. It is quite funny though when um players sometimes you know are really sort of obviously are trying to do the right team thing, but you sort of are like, oh, maybe you should have been a little bit more selfish about that. Like yeah. I remember watching um. Petrarca trying to do a one-two with Spencer once. I kind of <laughs> I know. I know what you're trying to do, seeking, yeah. but I'm not sure if the one-two with Spencer is really the um is really the best option. Yeah, know your teammates' limitations. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, save the Oscar McDonald play, play for when we're up by seventy points in the grand final with thirty seconds left or something. That's only yeah. in those situations, really. <laughs> if then. Um, but let's talk about this week because we're on the edge of finals. We're which so tantalizing. So exciting. Cross. But at but the I'm same time, nervous. I'm still nervous because this yeah. could be your classic sort of Melbourne loss, right? You're sort of, we're very much on the brink. Yeah. We're sort everyone of, thinks we've already got there. Everyone thinks we're already there and then something horrible happens and it's a disaster. Because my worry is, I really think West Coast has a good chance of beating Adelaide. Do you I just think, think so? I just think Adelaide doesn't have much to play for. They're going to be top two no matter what. West Coast has everything to play for. The Subiaco factor, which has been erratic, but it does but exist. they really have to smash Adelaide. And I don't think mm, they're going to smash Adelaide. I don't Adelaide. think they have to smash Adelaide. I mean, I think if they win by, like, you know, 20 or so points and we lose by 20 or so points, wouldn't that mean that we're, we're essentially even? I haven't really done the maths yet. I thought it was a little bit more than 20. I thought they had to win by 30 or so. Okay, okay. Look, you're right. It's going to be difficult, but I still think there's a way that West Coast could pull I off the win. This, need, this is a must-win game. It's like a non-negotiable, really. Yeah. Um, but let's turn to the ins and the outs. So you think Watts back in for? I think Watts back in. I your think we've got to stop. Yeah, I think Stretch was did not have a great game. Yeah. Last game, he, as you he told me when you started up. yelling at me aggressively for supporting Stretch in the past during the that. game. I don't remember. You absolutely did. I have no recollection of that. Surprising, huh? <laughs> but he dropped a chess mark in the forward line. I think you're too hard. Perfect delivery. Look, he played badly, but I think you're harsh on players like Stretch because he's barely gotten a goal all year. He comes back in. He knows that this is his chance. He needs to perform really well or he'll be out the next week. You know, sometimes the pressure gets to you a little bit. Like, you know what? Stretch's year to me is a little bit like Neil Bourne's year last year. 
where he was always on the edge of being dropped, and he might get a game or two here and there, and then he get dropped. I still feel like Neil Bullen showed more signs last year. No, he didn't. Stretch looked. Uh, Neil Bullen looked rubbish last he year. He did not look no rubbish. No one thought Neil Bullen looked like I anything. Don't know about that. Oh, I always come believed on. in the Nibbler. No, you didn't. Also, very happy to hear that he signed a two-year extension. Yeah, didn't think we'd be saying that. <laughs> no, maybe not a year ago. No. Um, but yeah, okay. Well, I think Watts for stretches is a pretty simple swap, right? Personally, um, Salem in for Wagner. Yeah, I, I mean Wagner didn't have a great game either. I think he had a couple of effective kicks, but I, I really think that you know he could potentially be on the way out. I'm just not sure how great Salem's form was. I mean, he's only really had one game in the BFL, then he got suspended. Hmm. So would they risk him and put him back in the AFL when he still might be, you know? I think you do. Same principle. Get the good players in. I agree. Just Are you really going to play Wagner over Salem with I mean, one of finals? I, mean, I agree on. with that. I also kind of feel like look. Collingwood aren't great ball users, yeah. and we can really torch them in terms of our ball use. You know, it's yeah. not like they've, they've got a lot of grunt, but they don't necessarily have a lot of silk. And we could really, you know, carve them up without without decision making and our good kicks with Salem and Watts in the team. Right. Well, let's let's preview the Collingwood game then. Um, so, as you mentioned, their midfield is struggling. Struggling. Uh, Pendlebury out, Wells out, Barco Degoe out, and possibly Taylor Adams. Yeah. As well. That's a, those are some pretty big names. So that's almost their whole. Midfield, really. Pretty much. Most I mean, galore. yeah, exactly. So their midfield would probably be Grundy, who comes back in after yeah. a two-week suspension. He's very good. He's very good. And Trelaw. Yeah. But then after that, I mean, you're really looking at sort of Aish, yeah. you know, who's a bit patchy. Maybe Broomhead, my man Broomhead. You just like his name, don't you? I do like his name. It's a very good name. I couldn't I tell you much about him. No, yeah. you couldn't. And then I'm not sure. I mean, Sidebottom's still on the team. I oh, think. he's a very good player. That's he's true. a very good player. Yeah. You know, so there, there are a couple of people. But then, you know, I really just think that, look, um, I hope that, oh, we're not sure if Viney will come back into the team. I got the sense that they were going to rest him. It seems that way. And, like, look, I would have loved to have Viney in the team because yeah. I really feel like that could have put a real nail in the coffin of the Collingwood midfield, yeah. midfield battle. But, you know. But rest him up. And the great thing with Viney is if we make finals, we'll now get another two weeks off. To rest. And so that's, yeah. you know, I agree. But we um, should beat them in the midfield. I, I mean, mean, our midfield is pretty close to full strength. And theirs is nothing. And, it's not, and they don't have anything to play for, really. I mean, they're just, you know, their season's over. Hopefully they're already thinking about going on a holiday and not thinking too much about, you know, yeah. um, wanting to sort of beat us in the final round. I do, it, it's still a bit dangerous, though, isn't it? Because they've been very good this year with almost no players. Well, they, that's the thing. Against Geelong, yeah. I mean, they were up against Geelong by like 20 points or something at one stage. Right. And this is with this very second-string midfield. Right, right. They should have been Adelaide. And then yeah. They had for that game. Yeah. And they were pretty close to Port Adelaide. Yeah. They've really been consistently good the last few weeks. They have been. It seems like they're trying to play for Buckley's job or something. Yeah. I no, I hope that's not the case. So I'd be concerned because... The thing that worries me is, yes, they don't have much to play for, but I could imagine them thinking, if we're not going to make finals, wouldn't it be great to knock out Melbourne, right? Yeah, completely. Kind of a traditional rival. Yeah. So I think it's going to be tight. I mean, Grundy versus Gorn for me is a huge matchup. Huge matchup. I think Gorn needs to lift. Yeah, he hasn't been bad, but he's just not quite where he No, and he's had a pretty uninterrupted season, but I'm sure, I mean, you know, he has to lift. I guess he's also been had a pretty tough series of matchups. I mean, he's had um, Mumford... Um, Stefan Martin. He was Grundy. excellent against Mumford, though. Yeah, but Mumford also played well. Yeah, but I'm saying it's just a tough. But he was easily games. our best player in that GWS game. He was, but Mumford was still pretty even with them, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, you're right. He was good in that game. He got beaten by Longer. Yeah. Against Stefan Martin, I mean, I'd argue maybe Martin was a little bit better. I don't know. I thought it was sort of much, much, just really. Yeah, um, but yeah, we want him to be dominant again. I agree. Um, 
What about the famous Hogan versus Lyndon Dunn matchup? I know. Well, I flagged this to you earlier. You did. The the the, the age old Hogan versus Lyndon Dunn. It's got a real the return of Jerkle. I know. Old Jerkle. I miss. We him love from him. The He's I one of our favourites. I Jerkle. Yeah. Well, I told you my fantasy football team. Um, Name was uh, Dunn Bandwagon. Ah, uh, yes. The famous yeah. Dunn Bandwagon. The famous Dunn Bandwagon. Population Dunn. Yeah. Population Dunn. Well, I was always, no, Population Me as well. I was always a big Lyndon Dunn fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, Jerkle, I mean, I hope he has a terrible game on Hogan. I hope Hogan kicks like seven and that, you know, yeah. kicks us into the finals. But, but but Dunn's been in good form. I mean, he demolished Harry Taylor after Harry Taylor demolished Rats. Yeah, that's true. So, so I don't know. I think it's actually going to be a tough matchup for Hogan. Probably a harder matchup than. Uh, than against some of the Brisbane defenders. And, like, Lyndon Dunn might get under his skin a little bit, you know? Yeah. He's a little bit of a niggler. He's a little He's a niggler. I do think our defence really should have the wood over the um, Collingwood forward line, which, you know, mm. is still a bit dysfunctional, let's be yeah. real here. When you've got men like Oscar McDonald here. Well, no, Oscar. I've met more Tom McDonald, but, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I think our midfield should win. That should really be where the game's won Completely. Lost. Collingwood doesn't have... Well, they've got a few okay forwards. With well, Jamie Elliott. Jamie Elliott, um, Ben Reed, um, so they've got a bit of talent, but I don't know. I think we balance uh, across the team. We're better. Our forward line is looking potent. Yeah, I think we should win by by like twenty points. Do you think we will? Yeah. Well, I don't know, but I have to say that. Do you think we will? I think we will. I'm hopeful. This yeah. is a danger game, though. It I'm is a danger a game. Bit, and as a Melbourne supporter, it's funny. I was thinking about this the other day. What would it be like to be like a Swan supporter and just walk into a game just like with complete confidence? Yeah. But you wouldn't know the rules. I wouldn't know the rules. That would be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Deluded. Hopefully next week will be the finals edition. We're very excited about that. We'll be in your podcast feed a couple of days after the game, unless we get eliminated, in which case we will shut down the podcast and never speak to any of you again. <laughs> uh, please email us with comments at deluded1964 at Gmail. Uh, like our Facebook page and tweet us at Deluded Podcast. Uh, thanks and go Dees. Go Dees. <laughs>